Hello, Awesomers. It's me. It's your old buddy, Steve Sampson, coming back from a long hiatus on the Awesomers.com podcast. That's right. Uh, the podcast you know and love is back, at least for a special episode here. And I'm going to talk about those details here in a minute. But first, let me just talk about uh, me not recording podcasts every single day or even every week, etc. Um, my time is just completely hammered, and that is largely related to some of the issues that I'm about to talk about. So if you are finding yourself struggling with time because of things like global trade, uh, freight prices skyrocketing, raw material uh, issues, and so forth, this is where a lot of my time is being spent. And so I'm going to talk to you about some of those things, including some Amazon news items. And really the format of today's discussion, this is Osmer's, uh, Osmer's podcast, episode number 213, uh, part of our mission is to just share with you some of the things that we think are important. As always, this free podcast is something that you can you know, listen to, use for your input, and then factor into your own decision making. Ultimately, you're the decider. You decide what uh, is relevant to you and what is important for you to take action on. Now, I do want to say that uh, you know, part of my objective here is to share some actionable data. And so I'm going to give you kind of an inside view of what I've shared with the Empowery uh, e-commerce cooperative. And I, I can tell you that this is not something that I share publicly often. Uh, with Empowery, I give them uh, at least monthly check-ins where I share some of the, the uh, items that are of issue to me and things that I think are important. And of course, they, they provide other content as well, but that's part of an Empowery uh, shareholding membership. So uh, while I've been uh, blank on the podcast, I have been active as always in Empowery. And uh, so I want you guys to think about, they don't pay me anything. Uh, I'm just a, an Empowery shareholder. And although I'm one of the founders, it's a nonprofit co-op. So that means I don't actually get paid to do uh, these activities. I do them as a volunteer. And in fact, I fund that co-op to help everybody um, or at least the intent of the co-op is to help everybody. So let's just jump into it. Uh, so I've got this uh, screen share coming up for you. And let's just go ahead and make it full screen, shall we? And let's see, that should work. And so I want to just, first of all, let you know that, you know, when we began Empower, we, the vision of Empower was very simple. How can we take a bunch of problems that we all share, try to solve them in a systemic way, and then provide kind of a vetted resource or vetted series of resources that uh, members that, you know, help uh, cover the cost of Empowery, right? Because there's overhead to any organization. If they help cover the cost of that, then they should get the benefits of that. And just to be clear, the organization includes, uh, you know, people who run the organization and, and do the finance and accounting and, and various things. It does not include me. I'm, I'm, even though I'm on the board, I'm still a volunteer. And it's not a compensation thing. So when I talk about Empowery, this is me saying you should get involved because as a cooperative, it's unique. And it's a true co-op owned by the members. So uh, not, you know, uh, to be confused with people who use co-op in a marketing term. You know, REI is a co-op in the United States, but really you're just a customer in that context. But in Empower It, you can actually be not just a shareholding member, but a important participant that drives the agenda. And there's going to be several things that Empower we're working on, some of which I'll talk about in this presentation. And I highly encourage you, by the way, if you are listening to the audio version, go to YouTube and watch the um, video version. And this will be up at osmers.com slash 213. And it's really important that you uh, 
uh, see the video because that's where I'm sharing a lot of the data and a lot of the graphs. But I'll try to talk through it as we go. So anyway, go go to empowery.com. You can see more details about joining there. So this is my what I call my chicken little edition. The sky is falling. Everybody run for your lives. Um, it's not actually uh, quite that bad, but it might seem like that if you are inexperienced and you see all of these things happening uh, in the news and in your own business. So let's uh, take a look at uh, some headlines here. So the District of Columbia has recently just filed a uh, price fixing uh, or a monopoly lawsuit um, against Amazon, essentially saying, uh, we think you are um, in violation of antitrust laws and we're going after you. Now, because this is um, just the District of Columbia, it's not uh, the massive scale or scope that it might be if it was the FTC. Um, I'll talk maybe a little bit about the lack of FTC enforcement here in a minute, but this is a beginning. And I will talk again on this podcast with experts about this, about what you could do and what this might mean for Amazon, if anything. And just so you know, DC is the first shoe to drop. Other states are already neck deep in this stuff, including the federal government as well. Um, so <laughs> this is what I was just mentioning about the FTC. <laughs> they just got smacked down with a recent case where they're, they were issuing these multi, you know, million or multi-billion dollar fines at times. And basically the Supreme Court goes, ah, just so you know, you don't have the authority to do that, which takes all of the, the uh, teeth out of any antitrust actions or other actions for that matter from the FTC. And so although the states could still band together, uh, the FTC on a federal level is probably in some sort of uh, holding mode uh, or a hiatus as I call it, a limbo mode. Um, here's some things that are happening, maybe you've noticed this, about prices. So prices surged in April and they surged again in May, not just in the United States, but in China and other places. This commodity boom, as they call it, is really um, driving some inflationary pressures. And you can, you just know there's inflationary pressures when you look at the raw materials, which is on the left side of the screen, and basically, you can see a year-over-year -year change of about 6% in China. And it was about 4% of the United States. But the, the truth is, when you have a widening gap between the producer and the consumer, that's when you got big problems. So on my graph, which if you're on the audio version, you can't see, the consumer prices increased by about a percent in April of 2021, whereas the producer price increased by almost 7%. That is a massive 6% gap, and we should be very, very concerned about that from the perspective of supply chain resourcing and, well, for, for that matter, for a consumer level. Consumers, if their discretionary income is shrunk, that can have an impact on their ability to buy. Presently, there's a bunch of money in the market supplied by the United States government globally, uh, and so the prices are going higher and they're being absorbed by the, the market. In capitalism, we know that when people run out of money, the price will go down because demand will go down. Speaking of demand, on the right side of my screen, for you video folks, um, there's a container uh, pricing uh, graph. And I can just tell you that from, you know, kind of the normal times, even pre-pandemic times, it is historic highs to both, you know, China, uh, let's just call it Asia, to the Mediterranean, to Europe, as well as the United States. And we're talking about, you know, um, increases of, you know, 
60, 70, 100%, 300%. Ultimately, it's gone from about 2,000 uh, on this particular index up to 7,000, which is a, you know, more than tripling. So it is, and that's, that happens to be for the European side of it. It is not quite that bad for the United States, but it is up from, uh, in May of 2020, you know, container to, uh, let's call it the West Coast was about $1,700. That is now averaging just the base cost of the container, about 4200 Then you add in all your duties and expenses. So as you hear about this on the audio version, know that the graphs are showing very big hockey stick pains, and we're all experiencing that. Uh, let me just go to the next page here. So trans-Pacific container rates reach all-time highs. This was in June 2nd, 2021, and they're set to go higher. Um, we don't know if they will ever go back to pre-pandemic, but the experts tell me it will take at least two years before the, the supply and demand of containers, so we're talking about a shortage of containers here, will be back at equilibrium. Um, and so <laughs> the fact that they're at all-time highs now is irrelevant because they're going to go higher before the end of this year, especially during the Q4 peak. So, by the way, if you don't already use uh, a train option in Europe, uh, you might start thinking about that now. Trains are possible out of EWU directly into Europe, and although they used to be higher than the containers, they were faster than uh, an ocean container, and now the, the prices may be negligible. So that's one thing to consider. Uh, let's take a look at some other uh, uh, headlines. When we talk about container rates, they, the American shipper, um, uh, if you go on to freightwaves.com, they talk about extraordinarily high rates and that the fact is that they could rock it even higher. So be prepared for change. That's the point. Uh, and you have to get creative about how you're doing your shipments. Maybe you need to consolidate shipments. Maybe you need to, you know, consider alternatives like rail or air or even saying, you know, maybe I'm going to ship a larger quantity so I can get, you know, uh, a better rate instead of LCL. There, there may be some way to consolidate your freight. And again, there's no magic solution. You can't just somehow beat the market and go, Oh, I got a contract. We have contracts and the, the contracts basically are set aside because all of the, the freight carriers go, you know, you have a contract and if you, you force us to use that, we will. We just never deliver a container to you. So then the contract's null and void. So it doesn't help you to try to think you're going to out-hack these guys. Uh, so as we talk about uh, Prime Day pre preparations, Amazon gave everybody a little lightning bolt, especially in Canada, with reducing inventory, right? So these are things happening in the supply chain side that you just have to deal with, right? You don't have a choice. You have to just suck up the pain and go, all right, if Amazon is going to change things, what do I need to do? Well, obviously 3PLs are going to play a role, which only further uh, potentially complicates your global logistics view. This is not bad news. This is just a real life slice of reality for you, right? I don't know if you can, if real life slices reality, but that's what it looks like to me. Okay, freight is a nightmare globally. So it's still trouble, it's problematic to find enough port workers in Los Angeles, it's, uh, which is what causes a, a ton of things to back up there and not even enough containers going back from uh, the port of Los Angeles and, and Long Beach for that matter, back to China. And within China, there's, you know, a trucker shortages. There's a container or a port in China that had a, a 
cranes fall over and create a bunch of damage. So all of these tiny little things, right, the Suez Canal, so many little things, they just continue to create um, a caterpillar effects in the supply chain, right? So like think about traffic. When one car stops and then the few around them need to stop, even if the car in front starts going, all those cars behind, it takes them a while to catch up. And that caterpillar effect is going to happen in global trade as well. Eventually, it will be fine, just so you know. But that eventuality is not today. And I tell you, 3PLs are critical. And I highly recommend thinking about your global supply chain from your source, the factory side, or your distribution side, whatever it may be, into your staging, which is often a 3PL, uh, and then sending in bulk shipments to Amazon as it makes sense, you know, more and more frequent, smaller shipments is what the reality is. And then, of course, if you are going to ship yourself, you use drop shipping uh, for last mile delivery for eBay or Walmart or Staples or, you know, whoever you're, you're selling for. So the point is you need to map out your supply chain. How does it look for each supplier, each product, each brand? And make sure that you understand each touch point. That is it sounds easy and really in your head you know it, but when you start charting it out and you start looking for opportunities, it's easier, at least for me, visually to map it out. And again, for the audio view viewers, I'm showing basically a chart that goes from China all the way through staging warehouses, potentially in Europe, uh, potentially in Asia, US, then into last mile delivery and import into Amazon as well. Uh, if you are not paying attention, again, the, the fact is prices uh, that do not increase, right? So part of the point is if you have all these inflationary pressures, your product costs more, your freight costs more, you have to handle the product more with 3PLs, you're going to have to raise prices. And I've got a graph on the screen that basically shows if you just keep the same price, your value is ultimately going to be lower. That may sound counterintuitive, but the truth is, if you can't increase the value of your product, enhance its uh, features, or increase the uh, quality of the materials over time as the market gets more competitive, the value actually declines because you've held your price static and you have no margin to spend. You cannot spend revenue. You cannot spend turnover. You can only spend profit. Contribution margin is a word that you need to, to get to know if you don't know it already, So, which means you must raise prices. That's it. Um, you don't really have a choice. You must raise prices. So just do it. Uh, and be careful about it. Be strategic about it. But don't think that it's impossible for you to do that. And finally, again, for the video viewers, you guys can see a very clear um, graph. Well, it may not be clear initially, but there are a lot of lines on it. And it shows the supply-demand curve and the perfect free market equilibrium, right, where supply matches demand. We are absolutely not at that point today. We are not at market equilibrium today. We have demand outpacing supply. And that means all prices are going to go higher. Prices for commodities, prices for labor, you know, uh, freight, really everything up and down the line, including employees. All of those are going to face pressure and go up, which means you have to raise your prices. And that's, that's just how things work. Uh, basic you know, capitalistic economics do apply. And you need to price now for the future when maybe the demand starts to shrink, but supply doesn't quite keep up. Right now, supply is a higher cost basis, but demand's high. And I think a lot of people are selling at their older prices, 
which is a dangerous thing. It really is. Um, now, I do want to tell you about the philosophy that I use myself for empowering, for awesomers, for Catalyst 88, Final Global, Products of any business I'm involved in. We first think of strategy. Then we think of what systems do we help to manage and, and uh, produce the outcomes we want. And then how do we scale that? And that scale is often uh, using people to leverage the systems to meet our strategy. So that's that's part of that. Uh, vision there. And one of the things you can do, um, if you're an Empowery member, a shareholder, um, just spend 15 mi minutes a week looking at the different resources that are available in Empowery. Freight forwarders, 3PLs, uh, sourcing, inspections, photos, pay-per-click, software, discounts on so many things. So many of them you get some sort of up upfront Scooby Snack discount. Often there's cash back. Uh, in other cases, there's special perks that only you get as an Empowery member. And if that's not enough reason to join Empowery for those who haven't, it's really, really cheap. Just go do it. It, it really, um, it, you just cannot uh, afford not to. And then the awesomers, you know, we, we're uh, committed to just kind of providing free information as, as we can when we have time. And if you join the awesomers, uh newsletter, you know, just go to awesomers.com, you'll see a join our list. We send you a free process for how, how do you find your why? What's your company story? We give you a process for that. And we tell you uh, about how to make an, a functional org chart. Uh, and I think we share with you levers of growth and other things like leadership videos. All of that's free and it's just kind of an auto sequence that goes out to you. If you need help, uh, go to empowery.com slash contact. You need to be an Empowery shareholder member to get, you know, the best attention. Uh, we, you know, that, that, even though it's a cooperative, even though it's a nonprofit, doesn't mean they can work for free. So please join and, uh, and then engage those resources and support those resources. You can be a solution. Maybe you have a, a really great graphics resource that you've sussed down, a really great marketing hack on Pinterest, and you can share that with the co-op. That's what makes the world go around. That's what makes the magic happen. Um, and then, by the way, if you're thinking about selling your business, this is one of the places that Empower could really uh, benefit you. Uh, just to be clear, I don't do any uh, referrals. I don't do any backing commissions. I don't do anything that um, that gives me financial reward. Um, but many of the things Empowery does has some sort of Scooby snack in it. So if, as an example, if you want to use uh, ClickFunnels, for example, a great software, Empowery gets you, you know, whatever the, their best offer is, and then it gets a little bit of a uh, an affiliate commission. But in Empower, instead of the commission being kept 100% by Empower, you get the majority of it. So that money that comes back from ClickFunnels related to your account goes back to you, the majority of it, 51% at this stage, goes back to you. So if ClickFunnels is paying a 40% affiliate commission, you get 51% of that back. That also happens when you're selling your business. A lot of companies out there, aggregators and brokers, they're trying to um, make this wonderful Amazon FBA opportunity bigger and more scalable with their uh, processes of big business, you know, uh, resources. And we'll talk more about this in the future. And that that is inevitable in every business. Every business kind of uh, consolidates and more experts and big players come into the system if it's viable. And so you as an Amazon seller should know this is super viable because all of these players are coming in and picking up really great micro brands. Well, I can tell you that I think that not only can you get extra valuation 
And we, in one case, we've seen an extra 400,000 in valuation because they were able to leverage some empowered resources, which saved them money. And that savings was able to go directly to their valuation, right? Because you're getting a multiplier of valuation. So we saved somebody, I think it was about $100,000. Um, and they were able to get an extra 400,000 valuation because they got a 4X uh, exit. And some of the exits are higher valuations than that. So imagine if you save $100,000 over the course of the next year and you get a five times multiple or six times multiple, that increase in valuation goes directly to you uh, as a result of you being a very good empowering member. And by the way, when that resource, uh, assuming you use an empowering referred resource, pays empowering the uh, kind of referral commission, you get the majority of that back too as a member. So it's really something that we are saying, we're trying to put it out there. We're trying to make a good co-op for your benefit. So why not take a, a join on that? Uh, and then finally, just to refocus, there's cash back on almost all of the Empowery resources. So I mentioned earlier, freight forwarding, 3PL, pay-per-click management, marketing, operations, finance, you know, if you like click funnels or Kartra or any number of things, I think there's 80 or 90 different things, you can earn cash back that accrues to you and it's paid out annually, which is like free money because you're already getting a great resource. You're already getting great content and access and you're getting a kind of like a bat phone to go, I got a problem. Has anybody else dealt with this? And then Empower can either give you the solution we know or help facilitate the answer with existing resources. So powerful stuff, honestly. And so I, I really encourage all you customers out there, go check out Empower.com. Uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't join as a shareholding member. Just get in the game. Let's get this thing done and take action today because when you see the, the, the business changing, all this price increases, all this dynamic change, all this political pressure on Amazon, it's the big people who band together. Well, in our case, big companies are coming in. The independents need to band together. And that, that's kind of the empowering tagline. We can be independent together. So you maintain your company, your own equity, your own balance sheet, uh, but you get the benefits of banding together with a bigger group. That really is the magic. So uh, I, I do want to say to everybody that I <laughs> I do apologize for, for you know kind of being uh, off. Uh, apologize is the wrong word. I, I don't feel great when I don't record a bunch of content, but I do feel uh, tired <laughs> many days. And it's like, I don't have the, the energy to, to get some content out there right now. So my apologies on that front. I certainly encourage you guys uh, right now, go, you know, um, check out Empowery. And as a little side note, uh, Kevin King and I are having a product savants webinar on July 7th. You can go to amzmarketer.com slash webinar and register for that. You're going to really love what it is. It's unprecedented in terms of what we're sharing about how to select a winning Amazon product idea and how to source it and rank it scalably and profitably. It's, it's really a, an extraordinary amount of information we're giving up. So there's a couple little things for you. Uh, once again, Osmers, I miss you. Uh, if you have anything you want to share with me, please don't hesitate to, to contact us. Um, and you can do that on Facebook or uh, other inner, interweb methods. And eventually those things find their way to me. So thank you again, one and all, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.